0: presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to
1: make the switch today. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JustBaseball and you will get up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 1. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. 2. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. 3. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877 8 ny or text hope ny to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget... If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JustBaseball and get your $1500 first bet offer today. <laughs> We got a really good game and a blowout. It is Friday, October 20th here on the Just Baseball Show. That's Jack McBullen. I'm Peter Apple. And we're here to recap the walk-off win for the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Philadelphia Phillies and the boat race put on by the inevitable Astros over the Texas Rangers. NLCS is now 2-1 to in favor of the Phillies. Astros Rangers tied two games apiece, and it's all brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use promo code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If it loses, if the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older. Jack, we were supposed to record about 15 minutes ago i've got it eight minutes ago eight minutes ago credit thank you for giving me credit the reason why i couldn't find the remote my apartment is not that large i was going
0: to ask how many square feet is your apartment because you were looking for your remote to either mute or turn off the television
1: right above your desktop all i was trying to do was just turn off the tv so we could start recording and it's not that big right you see the bed in the background there's the couch. There's a full another room. There's a bathroom. There's a little bit of a kitchen. Yeah. But it's a studio apartment. I'm not living in a grand palace in New York City. You're in a New York City studio apartment. I'm in a New York City studio apartment and I couldn't find the remote for a good 10 minutes because (laughs) no, but I texted you, give me one sec. And I had already spent two to three minutes Ah, looking for the remote just to turn the TV off.
0: Okay, Um, I'm proud of you for finding it. You put it in a drawer and closed the drawer. That's weird. And of course, natural follow up. Are you on any
1: sort of substance? You said no, dead sober, just fruit juices, sugar rush, ready to talk some baseball. Let's do it and stop talking about my stupidity. We'll start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, a two to one win. And as per usual, I get on my Google Doc, Jack. Let us through the one note yesterday, and now it's my turn, my stream of consciousness. We're going to go through the games, recap them all, and we got to start with Brandon Fott. First of all, he looked great the entire time he was out there, but he looked so good early on, and it started right with Kyle Schwarber. Then he gave up a base hit to Turner, but then that double play to Harper— And Jack, this is what we've been saying about Brandon fought this entire time. And that's why I pitched yesterday why the Diamondbacks were going to win. And I was super confident in it, right? Super confident. Yeah, I remember the grimace that you gave after you said, yeah,
0: the Diamondbacks are going to win. They're going to get a game back. I, I I can't move off of the apartment thing before I ask this. One final question. One final question. The couch is sitting right next to the bed. Yeah. How many times per week do you sit on
1: the couch? More than you'd imagine. I like sitting on the couch, watching sports with my laptop on right here, because if I'm in my bed too much, right, it's not that big of a big of an apartment. I am using the couch.
0: Okay. Now to your branded thought point. Thought just did something that nobody was expecting. And I was frankly thinking that it was, it was kind of a luck thing, and he ran into an anemic Dodger offense in the NLDS. And I was thinking, oh, anybody Arizona runs out might beat this Dodger offense tonight. But this kind of proved that Fott still has the stuff that made him a top 50 prospect in the game. This is that guy, and I think we were wondering during the course of the regular season, how does this guy have a 7 ERA? How is it a home run derby against him each start? We saw what Brandon Fott can be. And if Diamondbacks fans had any doubt creep into the back of their mind as to who Brandon Fott could be for them moving forward, keep referring to this game. This was masterful. Masterful. And we're going to get to the Tory Lovello decision in a moment, I'm sure. But, dude, that guy was hot. And that was, aside from Wheeler, I don't want to, like, Diminish what Nola did, but frankly, I was more impressed given the circumstances with Fott than what Nola gave him. I think Wheeler
1: and then Fott in terms of pitching performances in the CS. So glad you said that because I was going to say it was arguably the best pitching performance of the playoffs so far, given the circumstances. Right on the brink, right not on the brink of elimination. Because if you lose that game, you still have tomorrow. It but had at to at the feel end of like the day, it. It had to feel like it against a Phillies offense that just put up ten in their own ballpark so that's
0: the thing NLDS start for him that was game one against the Dodgers it was relatively stress-free I think obviously
1: there's a ton of stress there I say relatively strikeouts weren't there though he only had two strikeouts in that start
0: yeah he had two punch outs and it was a short leash this one was a little bit longer of a leash but I think that one you kind of went in blank slate Now he got the ball for the first time in his life where a professional sports franchise has their back against the wall. Minor league starts and major league starts. Minor league starts do not hold a candle to major league starts. I don't even care if it's the minor league postseason. Those are great. Winning trophies is is awesome in the minor leagues, but it just doesn't matter to the level of a regular season big league start, especially not a postseason big league start. This guy played his college ball at Bellarmine bellerman's not going to omaha this was so far and away the biggest game of his life and he stepped up to mat- match the moment which was so impressive
1: and he goes to the minor leagues right and he's playing on the moon out yeah. there in reno right the diamondbacks AAA affiliate you know all these teams down there a lot of their stadiums resemble coors field <laughs> yeah. so he's a guy with a mid four ERA, but he's leading minor leagues in strikeouts we see how good the stuff is And we feel like this guy is a diamond in the rough. He's got command of the fastball. He's got a nasty sweeper. He's got a good changeup. He can spot to both sides of the zone, go up, go down. And we finally saw that click. So this is why I'm so excited for Brandon Fott, because it's not just Diamondbacks fans are excited because now they're in the series, right? And anything can happen. You're still at home. Game four, it's Christopher Sanchez versus Joe Mantis in a bullpen game. You could win that one. Do I think they do? We'll go over it at the end of this episode. But they kept you in. But then what makes me so excited, and I'm sure Diamondbacks fans are as well, moving forward, you have another stud. You already had Gallen. You already had Kelly. But then moving forward next year, you're seeing Gabby Moreno break out with a huge double. Obviously, Corbin Carroll's a stud. Can tell Marte's a superstar. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: he's playing like one right now, but Quetel Marte is a star player. He got $90 billion committed to him for a reason, and now he does look like a $90 million baseball player.
1: So they have such a good young core, and they're already in the NLCS, and getting Brandon Fott to click like that, because they have had multiple of these guys come up and not perform. Ryan Nelson, Tommy Henry was good in spots, but... I don't know if anybody thinks that he's going to be more than a solid four starter, right? But you hit on one, and Brandon fought with that type of performance, five and two-thirds, two hits, nine punch-outs, and was aggressive in the zone going after Phillies hitters.
0: And they were chasing bad pitches too. One that jumps out to me was the at-bat where Bryson Stott made up his mind on a full-count fastball. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I had that in my notes. That was gonna be my next point. That was the that was the pitch lowing in on him where he just swings out of his shoes on a fastball.
0: Fastball that was so clearly ball four. Yeah. I don't know that seeing that swing on that pitch made me think that the Phillies were playing a little bit of a guessing game, and I'm not sure why. I guess that vibe doesn't travel to the West Coast, but it should. I'm so curious to see how they played today, Philly, but we're not done recapping this game because Cattell Marte was awesome. Another stud that I want to add, he's not necessarily a stud. And by the way, it's not 90 million for Cattell. I don't know why I had that number in there. 76. It was a five-year, $76 million deal. But this guy's not a stud. Alec Thomas has solidified himself on that Diamondbacks roster moving forward. And he was a bit of a tweener. He was
1: all year. He just he feels like a walking rollover to me. Like, I wish I could bet over one and a half ground balls to second base whenever he takes the field. Yes, he's an all world defender, but it's just.
0: But man, that that shit is speed and defense on crack.
1: He is so much fun to watch in that aspect. Absolutely. But I mean, the bat, it's just it's the same thing over and over again. It just doesn't seem like he's making adjustments at the plate. But again, he's still so young. He's already mastered the base paths. He's mastered center field. So if he could just be an average hitter, I mean, you're looking at a three to four win guy if he's an average hitter. I just don't know if he's ever going to develop into one. Fair. So, a fair. Um, couple more points that I wrote down. Loved seeing Arizona's crowd get into it right? Yeah. We heard this story at the beginning that Phillies fans were buying up tickets, right? That they didn't want Arizona fans in there. They is wanted there was, the stadium. It was
0: nine bucks what, to get into the nosebleeds or something.
1: Exactly. It was 2 p.m. on a Thursday, which kind of screwed them over. I don't yeah. really like the times. I understand for ratings back to back. I get it. But when you're going to the West Coast and you make those games start at 2 p.m., doesn't really seem fair to me, but that stadium looked packed. They were in it the entire game. And there was an issue with, you know, people were really, really bad at Phillies fans, calling them scumbags. And if you're an Arizona fan, I totally get it from someone on the outside looking in. This is the championship series. Fans are trying to get an edge for their team. Like a lot of these things, like people get so offended. I I wasn't. I They're Phillies fans. All they're trying to do is get an edge for their team. Are they crass on social media? Are they saying, screw you, fuck you, to all these Arizona fans? Yes. And that can that piss you off? Obviously. But they're trying to get an edge, and I'm just fired up about it.
0: Yeah. The Word doc with snakes alive in size 36 font. Did you see that? Just the piece of paper that the guy was holding out that said snakes alive? Sign I me up. that one. That's a great rallying cry.
1: I'm all about it. I thought the only mistake that Brandon Fott made was when he went down 2-0 to Brandon Marsh and Marsh ripped a double on that 2-0 heater. And just to wrap up on that point, like that's why he was so effective. He was getting first pitch strikes, yeah, which was interesting because he started off with fastballs mostly. Now, of course, he mixed in a breaking ball to get strike one, But the Phillies have been so aggressive with those first pitch fastballs. They just didn't seem to really have a game plan. They just looked really flat offensively. I feel like they kind of thought they had it in the bag and didn't take Brandon Fott seriously.
0: Yeah, I I don't necessarily think that's the case. I just think they were dragging a little bit.
1: And that's That's what it seemed like to me because they didn't have that same aggressive approach. Like backed by the bank we're going after you were swinging at first pitch fastballs. We're hitting it over the fence. They were letting things go by. They'd get behind in the count and they'd either roll over or strike out. It, it, it was the worst performance that Philly has put on this postseason.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I just yawned. Cause it's 1149. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, I, I don't think that they had that edge that has made them so ridiculously good for the last postseason and a half, but it was also 2 p.m. on the West Coast, like you were saying. I, desert, but Pacific time. It's hard to get up for a 2 p.m.
1: road game and make it a playoff environment. It's really it's, hard. I know it's hard, but it's the playoffs. You're it the Phillies. You've got excuses. on oh, the time zone. Figure it out. But Jake shout out to Diamondbacks for best.
0: Here's the thing, man. Like I think we've come to expect dominance this postseason from Schwarber. Well, in the CS from Schwarber, but from Harper and from Castellanos they just didn't get it that day. I think that's okay if the offense goes cold one out of eight games. There's a reason this is a best-of-seven series. I wasn't expecting them to run the table. I really wasn't. But that's not a hindsight thing. It's hard to do that. Last team to do that was, what, 2005? White Sox? Yeah,
1: and a series doesn't really start until um, the away team wins a game. And we're going to talk about Astros Rangers because the only team winning is the road team. Right. The fact that everybody is just winning at home in this series and in the other one, everybody's winning on the road is also interesting. But just we're only
0: through. a game in. That's the thing. And I think that there is a massive pitching
1: advantage on the Philly side. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, just going through the game. Jeff Hoffman. So clutch in that situation. He's good. He's good. Began the season on a minor league contract for the Twins. Yeah. And he has been so damn good for the Phillies. And then the 3-1 double play by Stott, right? Stott did not have a good game, just did not look aggressive, right? The count was 3-1, to double, double play, then a pass ball gets the Phillies up 1-0. And I wrote down playoff baseball any way you can. But I did not like his at-bats today. I was just really disappointed by the Phillies effort because it just looked like a completely different team. And I totally understand what you're saying. It was a relative flat spot flying ac- across the country, but at the same time, the Dimebacks flew across the country too. And these are baseball players. They adjusted new time zones every week, right? And this is the playoffs to go completely away from your aggressive approach, making really bad decisions offensively three, one Bryson Stott. Swinging out of bad pitch grounds with double play. That's so unlike him. It's one thing to do it. It's another thing to just look completely not like yourself. But how about the Diamondbacks? Let's hype up the Diamondbacks a little bit more, unless you have anything to say on that. Like, I was just really disappointed. And I know it's a fun spot.
0: I, I just think it was a weird day. I like that. I, that's what I chalk it up to with the Phillies. I can't, you know, turn this into an indictment on them because they have been the most fun team that we've seen in a decade. In the postseason so far. And this was just a clunker from Philly. They still gave us a great game. And that's more of a testament to the Diamondbacks.
1: Haven Smith. The first hit with runners in scoring position for the Diamondbacks. This series. This series. The bats have been so cold for them. But they got great pitching today. And then another. Just there were so many clutch bullpen moments in this game. That's what I felt was the. A good summary of this game was, of course, Ranger Suarez pitched incredible like he does every single time. It's almost getting tiresome just saying Ranger Suarez in the playoffs, another five inning shutout. But Jeff Hoffman coming in in those situations, Jose Alvarado. Double play with the infield in to Trey Turner. I don't remember the last time I've seen a double play with the infield in and the runner not score. I don't know when the last time I've seen that.
0: Yeah, but it, it's tough because I think it was Gurriel at third, if I remember correctly. It was Lourdes Gurriel at third. Turner got it on a two-hopper, one or two-hopper, and it was it got to him so quickly. So if you watch the replay, you can see Turner glance Guriel back to the back. If Guriel broke, we know where that throw was going. They were going to go get that runner at the plate, but he didn't. So as soon as he retreated, they started to move it around. And as that ball worked station to station – you have another opportunity to go to the plate if Guriel decides to go to the plate. So it's that quick glance over to Guriel at third after Turner initially grabs that ball that eliminates the chance of him scoring. So I don't blame Guriel for not scoring there.
1: No, I I don't blame Guriel. I was more just complimenting the fact that they got it was a great play so quickly. It was, it was a, a great, great play. play. But you're right. I I wasn't saying oh Guriel, you have to score on that one. Right? The pass ball when Kevin Pilar didn't go home, you had to score on that one. That one, I understood, right? Because if you go and you get thrown out, that's a triple play and you're out of the inning. At least you still have a runner on third base. So I understand why he didn't go. But moving forward to the bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded. The freak, Cattell Marte, does the job. The third time in the history of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the playoffs that they have had a walk-off hit. Tony Womack, walk-off in 2001, game five of the NLCS. In quotes, I don't know if it was Joe Buck, Lil Floater, left field. Second one, Luis Gonzalez fisted a single against the greatest closer of all time in Mariano Rivera in the World Series to win it. And then Cattell Marte. He was, I mean, he put the Diamondbacks on his back that game. And I said, I think the Diamondbacks might have a shot at winning, but I really think that Cattell Marte is going to hit a home run. Now, he didn't hit a home run. He was about a foot away. I bet plus 600. Thanks a lot, Cattel Marte. But holy hell was he good. Every single ball he hit, even that opening ground ball, right to start off the game. I think it was registered at 115 miles an hour, hitting the living piss out of the ball. He's been the reason that the Diamondbacks are still in the series beyond the great pitching in game three.
0: And if the Diamondbacks do win this series, it's because Cattel Marte goes God mode. Similar to... I don't want to say like Harper or Jordan, cause I don't think six homers in a series is in the cards for him, but similar to Trey Turner, if there was a little bit more like overall impact, so Turner's hitting 500 in the postseason. If, if the diamondbacks do come back and win this series, it's because could Marte hits around 500 for the remainder of the series. And he's right around there so far this series. So he needs to almost put them on his back. Obviously, it'd be great to have Carroll help. Obviously, it'd be great to yeah. have Moreno help. But you have to ride a star that's playing like a superstar. And that's kind of what Cattell Marte is doing. He's leveling up in this series, which is great.
1: That was all the notes that I had on this game, right? I just really wanted to talk about fought. I thought Rangers' war pitched great, but it's... The Diamondbacks bats have just been just been so lifeless outside yes. of could Marte that it was just consistent ground balls. It wasn't a masterful performance by like Brandon fought had because of yeah. all the punch outs, but he did it again. He just did it again. There was clutch bullpen moments. And then the could Marte walk off. It's kind of the summary of game three. It was a great game. There just weren't a ton of highlights. So I
0: was listening to Pedro Martinez on the post game. I love that TBS post game crew. That's Lauren Shahadi, Curtis Granderson, Jimmy Rollins, Pedro Martinez. It's so good. But Pedro it's, made a great point.
1: Hold on. Do you, actually? I'll just ask my question real quick. Do you think it's better than the Ortiz Jeter A Rod trio? I think
0: I think it's less fun, but there's more baseball substance. And more than fair. I'm gonna be a dork that sides with the baseball substance. So I thought Pedro made a great point and they were, you know, heaping praise on the diamondbacks and then they get to Pedro Martinez. And he said, yeah, you know, I don't know how I feel about Kimbrel in a non-save situation. And that sat with me for a minute. And then I was like, you know what? I agree with you. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. That makes a lot of sense. Cause what do we know about Craig Kimbrel? If he's put in a non-save situation, he kind of forgets how to be a hall of fame closer or a hall of fame reliever kimbrough that leadoff walk that cannot happen in a tie game in the ninth inning on the road no less leadoff walks always result in bad things always and this is kind of who kimbrough is when he doesn't have to save to go get and that's not a selfish thing i think it's purely coincidental but some guys just can't throw in a non-save situation. Josh Hader, I don't think can throw in a non-save situation. There are some Hall of Fame caliber closers that, if you put them in a setup role, it doesn't work. And we saw it in twenty one with Kimbrell with the White Sox, and I think we're seeing
1: it now to a certain extent. I was really glad you mentioned it because you know people could think that's an overreaction based on just this game. No, this is but that's who he is that's historically the thing with Craig Kimbrel, and especially at this point in his career, even. When he comes into a save situation, he's been doing the job. But what did I say yesterday? He's due for one of these innings where he just doesn't have it and then gets hit, right? Every injury. reliever will go through that, but it's like a guarantee that he's going to go through that. Yeah. It's, same with Chapman. Same with Chapman.
0: If you put Chapman in, in a situation that is like somewhat high stress right now, it's
1: going to be elevated. <laughs> But overall, congrats to the Arizona Diamondbacks. What a game. Home opener. Not in the series, of course, not in the playoffs so far. What a performance. Yep. By Cattell Marte and Brandon Fott.
0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Let's get to the boat races. Houston Astros win 10 to 3. I went down my apartment. I got a buzz. I guess I got a piece of mail. I was like, okay, it's about to start, but I can go get it and come back up. By the time I got back up, probably two minutes later, it was 2 to 0. 2 to 0. Yeah. Altuve, double. Dubon, single. Bregman, triple. And I'm like, holy shit, this game has already started. That's what happens when you let the Astros get hot. Eight runs yesterday when they smell blood and it there's just something about them playing in Arlington. It's hard to exactly put your finger on it, but they dominated the Rangers in the regular season on the road. They've been a great road team. I keep saying it, but it's just so weird. Astros were 39 and 42 at home this year, but you get them on the road backs against the wall. This is the best team ever.
0: And there's something about them at Globe Life. I don't know the exact numbers, but they are the best team in baseball. If you take their sample at Globe Life Field in Arlington, there's something weird about it. I was it's really just pretty, dis- yeah. pretty
1: disrespectful. They call it Minute North. Yeah, that, that they probably hate them.
0: I was really disappointed in Andrew Heaney, really disappointed. And there's no other way around it. He just he looked bad from the start. And we're not a podcast that's like that likes saying that a guy looked bad, but you're relying on Heaney and Dunning to get you through six. And those guys, Dunning gave you two and two thirds on the heels of Heaney. And Heaney it was two outs, four hits a walk, three runs. Dunning, two and two thirds, three walks, three hits, three runs. It like that can't happen with your piggyback start designated. And tonight's going to be Montgomery and Verlander. We get back to the quality starters. But in your limbo game, that cannot happen, especially from the first guy. And it happened from the
1: first guy. I wrote it up in my write-up that I do on JustBaseball.com where I go over all of my plays. And the reason I picked Astros line, I was talking about Andrew Heaney. I was like, this is the fifth time this season that they've faced him. And it got worse every time. He threw a five-inning shutout. Then another five innings shut up, but a couple more hits. Then five innings, three earned. Then four and two-thirds, bunch of hits. I think three earned runs. But it was getting worse and worse. That's why when we were projecting who's going to be the starter, I thought they would go with Dunning. However, Dunning, in his last start against the Astros, allowed nine earned in five innings. But at least the Astros didn't have such familiarity with him. So you get Heaney. Astros know exactly what he's going to do. Their backs are against the wall. I just thought it was going to be horrible. So to your point, I agree with you. I was really kind of disappointed, but I fully expected him to get crushed.
0: Yeah, I didn't. So that I guess that's where we differ. Um, I don't know. But Urquidy didn't throw well either. I was expecting huh. one of these two tweener sides to perform well.
1: That's what we talked about yesterday, right? I just and I I like the Ashos to win because I was like I think the Ashos are just going to score more. I don't think Arcini dominates a lot more, <laughs> but I just think they're going to score more. And of yeah. course, they did score more. I didn't think it was going to be ten to three. Yeah. And Arcini pitched okay.
0: Not I, not no. Not I mean enough. two and a third, five hits, three <laughs> yeah. earned. That wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> like, thanks for trying to sugarcoat it, but unfortunately, no. Pretty good first inning. Yeah, really strong first inning. It's like what I did with Scherzer. He he was on cruise control for the first three batters. Um, One positive pitching note, Hunter Brown was awesome. And this is the Hunter Brown that I fell in love with last year. And this is the one that I was like thinking was a sneaky rookie of the year candidate. Uh, He's so good in this swingman role, in this long relief role. If you give him a three-run cushion, he's going to make sure you have at least a two-run cushion. When he turns it over to the back end and it was Mayton for two innings of one hit ball. And it was Montero with a no hit inning to, to wrap it up. So Hunter Brown is the bridge man.
1: There are very few bridge men better than that guy. That's a good point. I was glad they didn't go to France. Yeah, but it is funny though. They went to Brown because they knew they needed the win, even though they were up, right? They still wouldn't go to France.
0: France is the deficit long man. And Brown is the, the the advantage,
1: long man. It's couldn't have said it better myself. Um, something about Arcidi and um on that Adolis Garcia home run that he just pissed on. Yeah, team. Maldonado hits his chest protector and goes like, "My bad." And Smoltz broke it down really well in the broadcast. The Rangers were not touching fastballs, right? We saw what Javier did. It's kind of been this whole series, right? They they. Hit a bunch off Framber, but those are sinkers, right? They weren't really hitting Verlander's fastballs. And Jose Urquidy's fastball was working. But then for some reason, he goes back to a changeup. And it his Garcia. I mean, that had some thump to it. I just thought that Urquidy got cute for no reason. And then it kind of unraveled. Because I thought the fastball was working. Of course, it's not electric. It's only 93. But why are you going away from it? I just, I didn't understand that. Um, and then Corey Seager, that home run, I wanted to bring it up because it was collarbone so- high. <laughs> such a good piece of hitting.
0: I still think that bat's illegal.
1: I do too, but it was <laughs> such <laughs> a good piece of hitting up and away, yeah. perfect back control, and just smacks it to left field. He makes it look easy, but that is not easy. No, not I mean, at that's all. what superstars do. That's what is going to give him the second place MVP. And the only reason he lost it is because Shohei Otani's a unicorn. He's
0: one of the best hitters on the planet. Yeah. And we forget because he had what bad BABIP luck last year. And he's been hurt at some points. He's one of the best pure hitters on planet earth. We've got two of them in this series and him and Jordan Alvarez Really slow night for Don. No homers yeah. going two for four with three ribbies. Do you have the box up? I've got the uh, box. Don't get it up because I, okay. I want to throw you a question. Do you know what the Astros hit with men in scoring position? In this for game? Yeah, for reference, Texas was 0 for 4.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw a graphic early on that the one through four hitters in the lineup tonight went seven for nine. So I'm going to assume they hit close to 700 with runners in scoring position this game.
0: They were 8 for 16 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. That's amazing. 16 at-bats with men in scoring position is commendable in its own right, but hitting 500 with men in scoring position is a different beast. Chaz McCormick going yard was great. Altuve, post-game conversation with Ken Rosenthal, I think Ken said it was... Altuve's 100th postseason game. This guy's just a mainstay. And we waxed poetic about Altuve yesterday, so we don't need to do it again. But these guys are always here, and they're just so ridiculously inevitable. I love that word. They are always here. They're
1: always going to make it a series. It's Thanos. It's just you can't kill him. (laughs) The only way you could kill him is if he's already snapped his fingers and he goes on his own. Mm-hmm. that's the way the Astros get beat is when they beat themselves with all due respect to the Rangers, because the Rangers have the ability to beat them on any given day. But I keep saying if the Astros are on it, that game, that's why I said, I am not giving it to the Phillies if they make it to the world series, because it's on the Astros. They can still beat any team on any given day. And I feel like I was spot on about El 2 right I mean, but it wasn't even that hard of a take to make goes two for five. hits a bunch of hard hit balls. And I'm like, all right, one of the greatest postseason players of our lives is back. He's just going to do really well. And also, I took him plus 390 to hit a home run, Jack. See the ball that top (laughs) bounced off the top of the wall again. Mm -hmm. I got so screwed on my home
0: run picks today. They needed to use whiteout in the booth to negate the home run in the
1: scorebook. But nobody cares about my losing bets. It's fine. Jordan Alvarez. I wanted to bring him up again. He's ridiculous versus left handed relievers in the postseason. He's five for eight with two home runs, one robbed home run that Leody Tavares brought back into the field of play, and then another one against Cody Bradford, the 401 foot flyout that he had 110 miles an hour with an 890 expected batting average that would have been a home run in 17 of 30 ballparks. Jack, when will they learn? Because It's not just about Jordan destroying left-handed relievers, just destroying everybody, but especially left-handed relievers in those spots. It's that then you go straight to Jose Abreu, who looks so locked in on every lefty. When they brought in Bradford, I immediately said, it's got to be Spores because you're still in the game. All of those outs matter. Bringing in Bradford, there was no way that was ending okay. The best case scenario in that at bat was a 401 foot fly out. When he's locked in like that, with all due respect to Cody Bradford, like you don't have a chance. He's yeah. just got to just get under it. But then you have the lefty masher in Jose Abreu. It's There's no reason to bring in a lefty in that situation ever.
0: So turn it to
1: spores instead. Does spores have a chance? Better chance thing? than Bradford. He's a good reliever yeah. that he has a way better chance than Bradford. Hmm. And I wouldn't, it's so easy to say, Oh, I would have after the fact, I promise on everything. I said that in the moment, I was like, you so, cannot go to Bradford right now. You're still in the game Rangers.
0: Yeah. Um, you were still entirely in the game. I, I hear you're thinking I had no problem with it because Spores has been used so often and you're working from behind. Like, I I don't know. I guess. Wait.
1: No. Fuck. No. They should have brought spores in. I completely disagree. Of course they should have. Weren't they down one run?
0: Uh, They were down
1: two at the time.
0: No, they were down one.
1: Good call. They were down one run. Yeah. And they were only down one run. I'm pretty sure it was three, three. They brought in Bradford in a three, three game and Yordan hit the 401 foot sack fly and then Jose Abreu broke it open and the game was over. Yeah. That's why it was a tie game. It wasn't 10-3 already. Yeah. Absolutely should have brought in spores. I thought that was the first mistake Bochi made. The whole ser- the whole playoffs.
0: Um Yordan Alvarez just a couple of numbers here. Jose Abreu has an OPS over 1000 in the postseason. What do you think Yordan's OPS is
1: in the postseason? Oh, we posted a graphic yesterday that because he I think he went he only had 2 hits in the game before that. He yeah. lowered his OPS in this postseason to 1600. Yeah. 1522
0: OPS going 2 for 4 today.
1: It's kind of falling though.
0: It's it, he's on a downward trajectory. Third best OPS in this Astros lineup, who's got it?
1: Um third
0: best this series? No, in the postseason. In the postseason. This guy's got a nine forty-two OPS in the postseason. He's hitting four seventy-one. Abreu?
1: No. It's not Altuve. No. It's not Tucker, obviously. No. I'm getting comments. Should they bench Tucker? You, no. We, they, they should not
0: bench Kyle Tucker. It's
1: I don't think it's Dubon because he just doesn't have it's, enough ABs yet, it's but it Mauricio is.
0: Mauricio Dubon. Mauricio okay. Dubon's hitting four seventy-one with a nine forty-two OPS this postseason.
1: And speaking about Mauricio Dubon, I mean, he was also just great again, but this was more of a funny thing. has nothing to do with actual baseball, and you guys might think I'm crazy, and it is um, in the middle of the night here. But I swear I've seen Chaz McCormick throw right-handed. And every single time I watch an Astros game and watch Chaz McCormick, I'm like, wait, he's a lefty? And I do it every time. You know, it's like one of those glitches in the Matrix. What's that word? It's like, it's not deja vu. You know what I'm saying? It's like a theory. You know what I'm talking about. No, I've never seen The Matrix. No, it's not from the Matrix. Damn it, listeners. There's probably seven. Deja you- vu is I've seen this before. No, but it's not that. It's like it's like when you feel like you've seen something. Yeah, deja vu is, I've seen this before. Fuck it, whatever. I think it's a glitch in the matrix. I swear he's right-handed, but every single time now I watch him, I'm surprised that he's left-handed. Okay. And he hits right-handed. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. Gotcha. Um, another note, Jose Brady's got to dive for that double play to get Semyon. I know he tapped him on the back of the batting glove. He's got to dive there. What are we doing? <laughs> I was thinking Playoffs. the same thing. I was like, why don't you lay out? You got to lay out. What are we but doing? then
0: I remember he has a huge wad of dip in his mouth, <laughs> and I'm worried he might swallow it.
1: You gotta dive there
0: <laughs> if, if you gotta sacrifice the dip you can afford more dip you sometimes you gotta sacrifice it
1: another note i wrote down evan carter gets backspin on every baseball that he hits haven't you noticed that whenever he hits the ball in the air the outfielders like kind of stand there for a second and they're like whoa this is going way farther than i thought yeah that's it i agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah um also the graphic i think it was, it was in the sixth inning Barry Bonds had 27 walks in the 2002 postseason with eight home runs. They played 17 games that playoffs. He had 27 walks because they were comparing him to your People are like, your the next Barry Bonds. I'm like, wait a minute.
0: No, it's like, let's wait put some minute. horse tranquilizer in his ass. And then he might be the next Bonds.
1: That's that's how crazy Barry Bonds was back in the day. It was like, <laughs> if you gave your steroids, that's how good he is. 27 <laughs> yeah. walks and eight that's home crazy. runs. That's crazy. He either walked or had a home run that series. Um, And of course, the Giants lose. That goes to show you that baseball is not an individual sport. That's why I'm a little bit worried about the Diamondbacks when they're really on the backs of one guy. He can't do it all himself. Yeah. Last point I wrote down, because this got to be a boat race at the end, right? We're getting end of the bullpen, bullpen arms, kind of both offenses kind of turned it in. Both teams kind of said, all right. Rafael
0: Montero is making about $12 million this year.
1: He's not a he's not a fourth stringer. (laughs) It's a good point. Uh, first time in postseason history where two teammates had four home runs and 10 RBIs through the first eight games of a postseason series. It's Jordan Alvarez and Jose Abreu. That was a graphic they put on on the broadcast. Just thought I would mention that, that Jose Abreu. Well, Jordan's getting all the attention. It was the Jose Abreu home run that put this out of reach, and he has been such good protection. Because Remember you just when- cannot, you can't put lefty relievers in anymore. Yeah, you
0: just can't remember when he stunk for the first 80 games of the season. Remember when he stunk for
1: until like September? He's fine now. Yeah, this is what they paid for. He's got a 150 WRC plus in the postseason. Yeah, so he's fine, really good. But overall, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. We normally have a lot more takeaways. I didn't really have any takeaways from these two games, I don't think
0: so. I, I think that was a perfect amount, and uh, we've already gone about 40
1: minutes, so I think it's preview time. Have we? We've already gone minutes. Yeah, I minutes. think so. I think we, we started at like 11.35, and it's 16. Yeah, we just keep talking. Let's preview the next two games. So we're going to start in Arlington. Again, Jordan Montgomery against Justin Verlander. We saw this game already unfold in Minute Made. Verlander threw great. Jordan Montgomery threw better. Rangers take a 1-0 series lead, winning 2-0. Jordan Montgomery, I think he's going to throw relatively well, but are the Astros just inevitable? Like, does it matter right now? I can't tell. Like, Phillies, D-backs, I have a very solid pick that I'm riding with. I don't know who to pick for this game.
0: So I will say, if the Astros are going to get to Montgomery, I think it's going to be Abreu or Bregman. And I think that Abreu is going to get to Jordan Montgomery. Hmm. This was a 2 nothing game in Game 1. This is a rematch of the Game 1 pitching matchup. Um, What Verlander got hit, hit with a solo shot from Leoti Tavares, and I'm blanking on how the first run came in. First inning, I want to say. But they put up two runs on Verlander. I think if Verlander allows two runs and goes six or goes seven, both these guys pitched into the seventh inning in game one. If that happens again, I think that there's a big homer from Abreu or Bregman coming. What I do like is the Astros have their big four in the bullpen. They can turn to Ryan Stanek threw a single pitch and got a double yeah. play to get out of an inning. So he's fine. Awesome. That was Awesome. awesome by the way, <laughs> that was economical. Brevity is a blessing. So Stanek, good to go. Naris didn't throw. Abreu didn't throw. Presley didn't throw. For Texas, their big three didn't throw. That was Spores, Chapman, Leclerc. None of them threw. So they have a fully rested top of their bullpen that both sides can turn to. I think it's going to be a home run from Abreu or Bregman that wins the Astros the game.
1: But you feel bad. You always pick against the Rangers.
0: Yeah, but I picked <laughs> them today and they lost. So I'm going to pick the Astros because I think the Astros are gonna win. So congratulations, Texas.
1: Uh, you are ahead three games to two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Texas Rangers to win this game. No, I mean yeah, I, I, I really I really don't know because I am I'm concerned about this Rangers offense. What do they do? What have I been saying for this entire season, Jack? People listening, if you've been listening to the show all season, you know what I've been saying. When they are hot, they are the toughest team to beat in Major League Baseball. When they are cold, this is the team that lost out on the division. And this, the box score may not look like they're cold. Yeah. But Semyon keeps struggling. And Adolis Garcia had the home run. Seeker had the home run. But other than that, like Josh Young had two home runs in game two. They scored two runs in game one. Without those two home runs from Josh Young, the score looks a little bit different. Yeah. Then in game three, if it wasn't for a couple of home runs by guys who also just then went one for four, I know Seeger had a better day. He looked better. That's big for them, but still the offense just doesn't look as prolific guys. Like when Mitch Garver is killing the baseball, when Evan Carter, Nathaniel Lowe, Josh Young, Jonah Heim, like all of these guys have to come together and then there's no breaks, but when there starts looking like breaks, it's not nearly as prolific. And then you go to the Astros side of the aisle Where's the break there? Jeremy Pena? I mean, obviously Martin Maldonado. I mean we got our base hit with the bases loaded. That's that's gonna be the highlight of that one.
0: Dude, but he's so his foot speed is slower than like anybody I've ever seen to play that professional play,
1: sports. That play by Seeger, which was in the hole, of course yeah. I thought it was a base hit. He was thrown out by 10 feet.
0: Dude, like I was like, hey, great play. But then I was like, how are his feet moving <laughs> that
1: slowly? <laughs> i would have said i want to say oh i would have beat that out i don't think i would have i think my like feet we,
0: can move quicker than that i think i don't give know. him the benefit of the doubt because he's a pro athlete pro but athlete. dude if we lined up against martin maldonado and ran a 40 i'm pulling both hammies for sure
1: but i think i'm beating him in a 40 yard dash no i you might beat him 10 yards like your split you know they do that in the nfl yeah, the combine yeah. like your 10 yards split you might get out to a quicker lead i don't think you can maintain Ooh, it
0: i disagree <laughs>
1: i think i can maintain it i can't i always had 20 grade speed I got flat feet it's not my fault actually i have a great excuse for it oh, what's the excuse <laughs> flat feet it's not my fault oh okay got
0: you it, that, that was a born thing you blame yeah, Mr. and like Got gotcha. you.
1: That's why I'm not in the league, by the way. And gotcha. I have a paper elbow. Um, I don't know who to pick, but I will lean to the Astros because I have much more confidence in their, in their offense. And I view Jordan Montgomery as an ace right now. I view Justin Verlander as an ace. So when you got two aces and I have more confidence in one side of the aisle in terms of offense, and then I have more confidence in those three horses in the back end, how can you not go with the Astros in game five? Yeah. But it's just like, do the Rangers really get swept at home again? But then I keep thinking, well, they've been, they keep getting destroyed at Arlington. So why wouldn't they? Yeah. So
0: they are the afternoon been. game today. Note that. Yep. The
1: four o'clock local first pitch. Diamondbacks, Phillies. Christopher Sanchez takes the bump against Joe Mantiply.
0: This is so simple for me. Christopher Sanchez is really good, people. He only threw like 96 innings this year. But they were a good 96 innings. His ERA was in the low threes. Yeah, really good changeup. The whip was just over one. He's a good pitcher. It's a true bullpen game where Arizona had to go to Genkel. They had to go to Seawald. Saul Frank is probably up again. All three of those guys are probably up again if they need them. They have to. They have to. But this is a true bullpen game against Christopher Sanchez, who can absolutely take them through five innings. The pitching matchup is
1: so heavily in favor of the Phillies. It's not close. And the Phillies, I was giving them shit for this game, and I think they needed it. They almost won. Every, Every team needs kind of a kick in the mouth a little bit, though. Like, yes, they almost won, but you're the Phillies, and you put up one run. No, I don't kick in the mouth that they needed. And I actually think they come out hot tomorrow offensively with a much better approach, knowing in the playoffs, you cannot roll over and expect to win. This offense, I think, told you clear as day that, or would tell you clear
0: as day that they had a terrible afternoon and they still almost won this game. So if they show any sign of life and the pitching matchups, you so much in
1: favor of them. Give me the Philadelphia Phillies. And every bullpen arm is good to go, right? Alvarado threw two innings at 15 pitches. He's That's good. incredible. It's incredible. That's I mean, he was diabolical um, once again.
0: Let's see. For them, Hoffman threw nine pitches. Kirkering threw eight pitches. Not good pitches, but Kirkering threw eight. Alvarado 15. Kimbrell 24. But it might be a good thing that Kimbrell's down. <laughs> yeah, so
1: Kimbrell's down, right? They still have Strom. Hoffman. Dominguez didn't go. Dominguez didn't go they're going to be fine back there they're good and, and Ginkle and Seawald and Selfrank are the guys that you know I believe in in the dumb pen also Ryan Thompson is a good reliever Ryan Thompson is Ryan Thompson is a good reliever so fun but think. I just I think it's early I think the Phillies just get there early now dumb do have a lot of righties like they might be able to hit Christopher Sanchez but if the Phillies then get a lead and then they go to their bullpen guys like I just I have a really hard time finding a way that the backs win. yesterday I could Spin you a narrative. Today, I just can't. I just yawned again. It's bedtime. It is bedtime. That'll do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Not the most exciting episode in the world, but... I thought it was
0: amazing, and I can't wait to do
1: more of these next week. Absolutely, and we'll be back on Monday. Um, I was about to say let's predict the rest of the series, but... I don't think it'll be done by Monday, if I'm not mistaken, unless Phillies just win a bunch in a row.
0: Um, I think they can both be done. I think Phillies in five, I stand by that. Um, Yeah, and game five would be Saturday. Sunday would be game six. We know that series is going back to Houston. So, you know, we'll be
1: recapping an ALCS game on Monday. Perfect. And we'll see you guys all on Monday. Remember to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the like button, comment button, all that good stuff. And then get yourself some just baseball merch in the episode description. That's Jack. I'm Peter. We're all brought to you by BetMGM. And with that, thank you, everybody.
0: Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports.